Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, and welcome to Emotional Badass, where Moxie meets Mindful. I'm Nikki Eisenhower, life coach and psychotherapist, and on today's show, we are going to break down confidence, ego, and narcissism. Hi, everybody. I want to thank Crystal for this show topic suggestion. If you would like to participate in creating and influencing the show, come find us at patreon.com backslash emotional badass. This was a great question that a lot of highly sensitive people and a lot of people recovering from difficult childhoods struggle with. Uh, Let's break down confidence, ego and narcissism. Confidence is defined as a feeling or belief that one can rely on someone or something. It's self-assurance. That's confidence, okay? Let's define ego. Ego is a person's sense of self-esteem or self-importance. And I think that's where we get mixed up. If confidence is I'm self-assured, I'm assured of myself, and the ego starts to become about self-importance, that's where we start to lean more towards that narcissistic dynamic. Narcissism is in general, because I don't want to get into clinical terms because I don't want to teach people how to clinically diagnose people. I want you to be able to get a sense of this dynamic that's huge in the world. We think at least 10% of the population has this dynamic. Just so that you get a general idea, we think, One to 3% of the population suffers from something like true bipolar or schizophrenia, you know, those severe mental illnesses. So to have a part of the population that is 10% is huge. And to put that into perspective, we think about 15 to maybe 20% of the population is highly sensitive. Okay. So what is this narcissism? Today, I'm going to define that as extreme selfishness with grandiose views of one's own talents and cravings for admiration or attention-seeking is often a piece of narcissism, or admiration, whether it's overt or covert attention-seeking. About 15 years ago, I had a psychologist tell me that my self-esteem did not equal who I was. I didn't understand what he meant. I, I sort of argued with him. I said, no, I know I'm really smart. 
And he stopped me gently, kindly, lovingly and said, now I know that you know that you're smart and I know that you know that you can do things and accomplish things, but your self-esteem does not equal who you are. And it sat with me for years as I tried to grapple with what is this self-esteem thing? The struggle sensitive people have with feeling confident is often that we have been so hurt by narcissistic dynamics that we are hyper aware of this extreme selfishness and grandiosity and admiration and taking over the energy in the room that we learn to to pull ourselves back almost in a overcorrection from fear of never, ever, ever wanting to seem narcissistic for a second because we've been so hurt by that. So what happens in real life, like what the effects of that are on a life, on a day-to-day for a human being, for a sensitive human being, is that they hold themselves back. We hold ourselves down. So a lot of us struggle from an imposter syndrome, which I think ties into what we're talking about today. I get what that psychologist was trying to tell me back then, because even, oh, I guess, almost 13 years into a career where they say seven years makes you an expert, I'm almost double that. And just now, am I allowing myself to step into the role of, yes, I actually know what I'm talking about. Yes, I I know things. I've studied. I'm good at this. I can name myself as an expert because I am, I have expertise in working with people. If we're raised by narcissists who have almost too much ego, we have to learn what a reasonable amount of ego is so that we're not undercutting ourselves and we're not overstepping either. So again, there's that balance. You'll hear me reference balance maybe more than anything. When I work with trauma survivors who are very just beaten down by life. And right, we can see that in a person, they hang their head low. Um, They look heavy. And that's not about body size. It's about they feel the weight of the world. They look sluggish. It's, It's like I'm walking through air and they're walking through water every day. They might even say that they feel like a doormat for other people. That's what I'm talking about that. What we say is that they don't have enough ego strength. And the point of the work with a therapist or a healer or even individually yourself is to build up ego strength. Now, I don't know where in the psychology literature, in the theories, my goodness, I think there are hundreds upon hundreds of theories now in psychology, even those of us that are highly trained can't keep up with all of that. But somewhere along the way in the common vernacular, We started accidentally thinking that all ego is bad, just like we've kind of done with anxiety from the medication commercials. And we need anxiety and we need a certain amount of ego strength to be a healthy, sane, functional, reasonable, self-esteemed adult. So if you have a family with narcissistic dynamics, your task is to now learn what is esteem, what is enough. Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask them all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? Well, we hear you, and we have been there too. That's why we launched the Bites of Health podcast. 
Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. Who are we? I'm Dr. Jess Steyer, a public health scientist and also co-host of the Unbiased Science Podcast. Every day, I'll chat with one or both of your new pediatrician besties, Dr. Dina DiMaggio, a general pediatrician, and Dr. Anthony Porto, a pediatric gastroenterologist. We'll talk about all the things related to our kids' health, from dealing with a colicky infant to navigating puberty in the teenage years. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, now live on all podcast platforms. Now, I have a lot of very strong no-contact boundaries with the narcissist from my family of origin. An interesting piece of this dynamic is that there's a flip-flop with narcissism that we sensitive people are susceptible to. The best example of this that I can give to explain is on the podcast I did a few summers ago. It's the Highly Sensitive Person podcast. The host is Kelly. She's no longer recording. Hi, Kelly. It's a shout out for you. Go listen to her episodes that resonate with you. They'll help you, especially if you're new into the high sensitivity world, new to that term. I'm on episode 65 of the Highly Sensitive Person. And if you go to YouTube and check out Kelly's podcast on that episode, you can see a bunch of comments like we can't see in iTunes, right? But the podcasts that run on YouTube you can see comments. If you look at that episode, most of the comments, the topic was narcissism and how highly sensitive people are attracted to them and how they are attracted to us. Most of those comments are, wow, this makes sense. Thank you. Thank you, Nikki, for sharing. Um, I finally understand some of my own patterns. Uh, This really makes sense about why I've had so many narcissists in my life. I finally get it. So very encouraging, very inspiring. I was that show really inspired me to do emotional badass. So it will hold a very special place in my heart. If you go, if you go look at that episode on YouTube, you'll see that there are random people commenting that just say, Oh, I think Nikki's a narcissist. She sounds like a narcissist. And it's very interesting to me. It's so validating because it proves this dynamic that I'm trying to name with you. That's very, very difficult to see in our own lives with people that we've had relationships with since our birth. The first thing a narcissist will do as I start to gain confidence in who I am and that I can take up space in the world is hit my biggest button. And since I was raised by narcissists, that button is, ooh, Nikki, you sound like you know what you mean. You sound confident. I'm going to push your narcissist button. Nikki, you sound like a narcissist. And in that moment, if we don't understand that dynamic, that's exactly the moment that I used to shift and pull myself back. And it doesn't matter whether those narcissists are still in my life. Well, let me rephrase that. It does matter. If they are not in my life, that may be a physical boundary. And that may have me away from the day-to-day current version of whatever might come out of their mouth at me. But I have those voices and those messages in my own head. So I've had to do the work to learn how to detox those narcissistic messages, those shaming devices that I was taught to stay silent, to stay quiet, to never, ever feel confident. Because guess what a confident person does? They change their circumstance. 
So dysfunctional people around us don't want us to change our circumstance because as long as we stay their doormat, we are useful to them. I'm going to read the definition as I found it uh, or am bringing it to you today again that I said a little earlier. Narcissism, extreme selfishness with grandiose views of one's own talents and a craving for admiration, confidence, a feeling or belief that one can rely on someone or or something. I am confident that I can rely on myself today. I am confident that I can choose people who know how to support me, who have the capacity and the ability to support and love me. I am confident today that I can have boundaries with and move away from narcissistic or other dynamics that don't serve me, that don't feel good to me, that hold me back or keep me down or make me question my confidence. Now, each of us is going to do that in some different ways, but I think that is the core of the work that we need to do there. We need to detox dysfunctional messages from our head, whatever that means to you, and acknowledge that we, we had to have soaked them up. We can't be around them without soaking them up. Those of us that are empaths, we are the super sponges. So we might have more ringing out to do. I know I've had a lot. If you're working on the difference between confidence versus selfishness in the negative sense, or what is appropriate self-care, where does self-care become narcissistic? And I will tell you that part of what's happening because HSP is now a fad is that narcissists are jumping on this bandwagon. So they are saying oh, I'm a highly sensitive person when they aren't. So trust your gut, trust your instincts as you move forward with these dynamics. But trust yourself. That's that self-esteem part. Work on the self-confidence. And if you don't know how to do that on your own, that's okay. I had no idea how to do that on my own, even with a psychology degree, even while in graduate school for counseling way back then. In an upcoming episode, I'm going to highlight how to find a healthy healer. I do work with people on a limited basis individually. You're welcome to reach out to me for that if you feel called to work with me. Sometimes I just work with someone once, sometimes for a long time. I'm very open to what can work. If you're struggling to find the right person and you don't think it's me, that might be a good show for you to figure out how to find that in your own world. There's an infinite number of people and number of ways to do this work. The important thing is that you do it. Thank you so much for listening today. Thank you so much for working on your self-confidence. I know I want to be in the world with people who are more self-confident and who can own that and be that. So I love knowing that you're out there working on that with me and for the world. Thank you. Till next time, this is Nikki Eisenhower for Emotional Badass. Y'all have a great week and I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm.